The following is a presentation of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. You are now logged into War Up on the Whippeal, featuring your hosts, Greg Warnick and Jeff Upson. PA Power Wrestling. Pennsylvania is wrestling. Welcome into a brand new edition of War Up on the WPIAO. Greg Warnock alongside Jeff Upson. Happy New Year to everyone listening in at home as it's uh, into the new year of 2020, which means we're getting ready to get into the meat of the wrestling season. Exciting stuff, right, Jeff? Absolutely it is. And uh, sorry this is delayed into 2020, but as you can tell, uh, still getting over a little bit of laryngitis that I contracted at Powerade, uh, that Saturday of Powerade. I, I did not have a voice the entire the entire day, which which made it very difficult to to cover. Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to do a lot of interviews or anything like that. But uh, I'm starting to get my voice back. Yeah, typically we tape the show on Monday, and that was our full intentions coming off the uh, Powerade weekend, and it couldn't it just couldn't happen. You couldn't talk. Uh, literally, I mean, it was my wife probably loved it, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I legit could not talk. And as you can tell, I'm I'm st- still you know getting my voice back, but. Uh, you can't stop us from from talking about Powerade, man, because that was a, a heck. That's probably why I'm sick, because I was talking so much at Powerade. Um, but yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. And we'll break all the weight classes down for you, and we'll also have the outstanding wrestler of the tournament, Gabe Willis, show on the show on the show as well. Uh, but let's go ahead and break down the weight classes for you at 106 pounds mac church of waynesburg he wins the title he wins by major decision over briar priest of hempfield nine to one for the title also in the wpiao jacob haupt of can mcmillan finishes in seventh he beat vincent kilkiri of latrobe three nothing uh kilkiri finishes in eighth place mac church very impressive uh, throughout the tournament very dominant was never really in any danger of losing a match briar priest was very impressive to get to the finals yeah that was i mean that's the guy i have circled as in terms of who impressed me the most, and that was Briar Priest, a guy who was probably a little undersized last year at 106 pounds, but now he's down to 106 pounds. Um, he had a couple really big wins in order to get to the finals. He had a, a big win over the, the second seed, Dan Sheen from Wyoming Seminary. He beat him up 9 3. Uh, I got to see that match. I was very impressed with him. But Kilkiri as well from Latrobe, he had a nice win over Nick Allison, who was um, top three in the state coming into Powerade. And Priest was able to beat him eleven seven or beat Kilcarry eleven seven after um, Kilcarry knocked off Allison. So Priest had a really good um, showing. Uh, very impressed with him. I was very impressed with the way Mac Church wrestled. Likewise, this was kind of a I don't know if you would say a coming out party for Mac Church, but you know you wrestle at Beast, you wrestle at uh, Iron Man. You don't necessarily get all the the Whipple folks there in the stands watching you. So I think this was a really good. This was a lot of time. This was the time most people got to get their first eyes on him, um, and he did not disappoint at all. Jacob helped. I thought he wrestled tough too, man. Coming back um, and beating Kilcarry in the seventh place match, I thought that was impressive. Tyler Chapel, man, he for for a guy talking about undersized, he's probably a hundred pounds soaking wet. He, uh, you know, he he battled the third seed. Um, Pacey Nadustak from Mason, Ohio. He really he battled him. It was an ultimate tiebreaker. He nearly won that match. So uh, impressed with him as well, especially for an undersized guy. Yeah, and you look at Mac Church. He won by major decision in every match except for the quarterfinals. He had a tough one against Jacob Van Dieveri Prep. Very underseated was Jacob Van Dieve. Comes back to finish in third place. So it was a little disappointing that match couldn't come a little later in the tournament. But, you know, that's what you have when you sometimes have these 106-pound matches is that you get guys who are a little underseated, like a Chad Ozias, right, feeding right into Mac Church in the round of 32, and he ends up only one match away from meddling. Uh, he lost to Jacob Haupt in overtime to uh, potentially get a medal. I mean, there's a lot of guys that you you don't come away with a, a medal here, but, man, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of guys here that I think potentially um, would medal in other tournaments other than here because it's just so deep and like you said van d probably seated i mean unseated um top ranked guy in the state coming into here he uh him versus mac church was a, a great match um and i think that's something we could see again in the future but yeah just so much depth here that you're gonna have guys like chatter's eyes um you know beating tyler chapel and and tiebreaker then losing in tiebreaker that uh helped from Canada mac in the blood round so yeah a lot of a lot of tough nail biters here 
113 pounds, Carter Dybert of Franklin Regional finishes in second place. He drops a 5-2 decision to Gary Steen of Reynolds in the finals. Nico Taddy of West Allegheny, we've talked about him. He finishes in fifth place in an impressive tournament for him. Mason Prinky of Connellsville, he finishes in seventh. Luke Big of Mount Pleasant in eighth place. Prinky defeated Gibig 6-1 for seventh. And this was, uh, I mean, this was the match a lot of us were looking forward to. It was Gary Steen versus Carter Dybert. Um you know, Dybert wrestled well. He just he needed to clean up a, a few things against a very, very tough Gary Steen. Um, impressed with him, the way he wrestled Gary Steen. Nico Taddy was the guy who, who probably got the most praise out of me. Um, a guy, like we said, we've seen him at Eastern Area. Um, he had a, a tough match with, with Brendan Cernus from Wyman Seminary. He lost to him 5 nothing uh, in the second round. So that's a guy who... Um, you know, you're not going to see most places, but he avenges a loss to, to Mason Prinky, and he ends up beating him 5 nothing. And Mason Prinky's a returning state medalist going against a freshman in Nico Taddy. Very impressed with the way Nico Taddy wrestled and came back. He then lost to, to Cernus again. So his only two losses of the tournament came to the same wrestler. Um, and then he beat state medalist Nate Holderbaum in the fifth-place match. So that's two state medalists he knocked off uh, as a freshman in the biggest tournament of his, his young career. 120 pounds for the WPIAL. Dylan Chapel of Seneca Valley actually dropped a match in the round of 16 to an unseated Aiden Lewis. I don't know how Aiden Lewis, the Cedar Cliff, becomes unseated, but that's how deep 120 pounds was. But Dylan did a nice job of coming all the way back for third place, including beating Ryan Michaels of Elizabeth Forward. He... um, Joey Fisher of South Park had a good tournament as well. He finishes in fifth place. Michael's in sixth place. Uh, Michael's defaulted to Fisher for fifth place. Yeah, I mean, the big story here was Dylan Chapel, top seed, getting knocked off very early in the round. And as you mentioned, to an unseated, which is kind of crazy to say, Aiden Lewis was unseated, but he was. Um, he had not placed at Powerade previously, and he was a fourth place finisher in the state last year. Um, same weight that, that Dylan Chapel was second at. Um, so you knew this was going to be a tight match, and I don't know if you. Uh, saw this match before that, but Ethan Bergnick versus Aiden Lewis before that was a really tough match, even to get to Chapel. Um, but Chapel bounced back hard. I was very impressed with the way he wrestled back because it's very easy to lose that early on um, and get you know disappointed and kind of get inside your own head. But he knocked off um, six guys in order to come back to take third place, including some really tough guys, including Dayton Del Viscio, uh, Ryan Michaels, as you mentioned, and then Gregor McNeil, a guy he lost to at the Ironman. So, you know, if I'm Dylan Chapel, yeah, you didn't come away with a championship, but guess what? You you battled back hard. You won a ton of matches in the wrestlebacks. In fact, you beat a guy who just beat you uh, two weeks, three weeks earlier. So that's improvement. Um, I think Dylan Chapel, you know, we saw it when he shuts down and he slows down, it, he gets in trouble. When he opens up, like we saw in the wrestlebacks, when he actually's when he's on his offense, he's, he's going to be one of the hardest guys to beat in the state. Problem is, can you get that consistency of him getting to his offense? And at that point, do you does he stay at 120 or does he consider going down to 113 because of the challengers he had in Aiden Lewis? Kyle Hosterman ends up winning the whole championship at 120, and he doesn't even get a chance to wrestle him. Yeah, I don't think there's a chance we see him down at 13. I think for sure he's staying at 120. Um, I don't think he. I, I think he enjoys wrestling 120. Um, and you have to understand, he had a late start to the year too. He was he was pretty banged up. Um, he was supposed to go to Super 32, was not there. Um, had a had a late start to the season, if you will, um, especially for a guy of his caliber. So I think he's just now kind of getting healthy, and um, and that shows that shows at power right here when when you are able to come back and grind out some wins. I mean, he looked beat up on the the podium. Um, I think we're only going to see an improved Dylan Chapel from here on out, and I do not expect him to go down to 13. I think he's he's solid at, at 120. Joey Fisher and Ryan Michaels, two guys at in double A at 120 pounds. Unfortunately, we don't get to see those two wrestle. Would love to have seen that happen just to see how that would shake out. Do you see one of those two guys going down? Because I thought they were both impressive at 120. Um, that's a power rate. I think with Ryan Michaels and Joey Fisher, I think Michaels is a guy who we saw come down from 26 to 20. I think he's he's pretty solid at 20. Joey Fisher had a, a nice couple wins here at the uh, the Powerade, um, and he was pushed. He was pushed a few times, especially in the, the championship round. He wrestled Nathan Roth from Latrobe, another Latrobe freshman. I uh, beat him 3-1 in sudden victory. That was a nice match for him. Um, and then he beat Dayton Del Vizcio from from Malvern Prep. So, um and he was right there with Kyle Hausman, the champion. So, 
I think Joey Fisher's feeling pretty good at 120. He's committed to college already. Um, just, I mean, look at the guys who did not place here. Kai Burkett, returning state medals, he did not place here. Um, you know, that that's a guy who I think most places would, would obviously place. Cole Bayless was another one. Costa Moore, um, he lost to Nathan Roth. Nathan Roth had a really good tournament, I thought. Um, him and Kilkerry both, you know, Latrobe freshman, um, very impressive. Yeah, Roth beat Ethan Bergen, I believe, correct? Yeah, yeah, he did, and... Uh, that's that's another you know when you look at the the WPIL and how deep it is here. I mean, my gosh, there's just, there's so much depth here in terms of who's going to go where. Um, but I, I don't know twenty twenty is a, a stacked weight. It really is in both double A AA and triple A. Really, one hundred and twenty six pounds. Curtis Phipps of Norwin. He is your champion. Wins his third Power Eight title. He wins by uh, disqualification over Nick Buzakis of Wyoming Seminary. Rocco Welsh of Waynesburg finishes in fourth place. Tyler Simmerman of Darien fifth. Finn Solomon of Franklin Regional in sixth place. Simmerman beats Solomon seven to two. Let's first talk about Phipps for a second. He was very impressive in his win over Rocco Welsh. In addition to that, him and Buzakis, I mean, Buzakis coming in this tournament, he just looked downright just dominant. Phipps was challenging. That was a great match before the disqualification. And absolutely, without a doubt, that was a slam. Because he trapped his arm and threw him right on his head. Phipps didn't want to win that way. Phipps wanted to keep going, but the trainers would not let him clear him to wrestle. So, boy, I'll tell you what, though. Phipps, I mean, hopefully he's okay and he's able to bounce back. But he looks solid. Yeah, no, he did. And, you know, Bazakis, he comes in with four falls in less in, in under a minute in the first period. He never got out of the first period. Never got out of the first period. Um, you know, Bazakis is... is Essentially, everything that we we thought he was. Um, Phipps showed that he can hang. You know, Phipps showed that he was able to go in there and and um, he got a takedown on him, right? And um, you know, I think Bazakis was was heating up a little bit, and I think that sl- I mean, I think the the slam was um, you know part of that kind of ang- I'm not saying anger, but he he was you know he got taken down. He he hadn't been taken down all tournament. Um, you know, I think it kind of lit a fire under him a little bit, and. Uh, you know, un- unfortunately, that was you know that was the end of the match. And uh, you're right; it was absolutely a slam. Um, and I know Phipps did not want to win that way. In fact, he we talked to him afterwards, and he said, "Yeah, I mean, that's not it's not how I want to win. Win or lose, I just want to go out and wrestle the guy." And, you know, he wrestled him for two minutes, right? So, um, but Phipps, I thought looked really, really good against Rocco Welsh. Um, I, I thought Phipps was was in control. I don't think he was ever out of that match. I thought Rocco Welsh looked good against Finn Solomon. Um, so Phipps is really, I think, kind of um, letting people know that, you know, he, he's been second in the state twice now. Uh, I don't think he wants to, to finish third in the state or, or, or second in the state for a third time. But um, Rocco Welsh had a nice win over Ty Simmerman, 12-1. That was a pretty lopsided win there for him. Um, and then Finn Solomon lost to Ty Simmerman. So, again, like 120, like look at the depth here at 126 in the WPIL in double A and triple A. There's just so many hammers here. Um, a guy like Bryce Wilkes doesn't get on the podium. Um, Damian George doesn't get on the podium. Zach Wright from Hampton, I thought, had a great tournament. Um, he beat Lucas Capusta, and they beat Damian George. He lost to Ty Simmerman 5-2, but Zach Wright's a guy that um, never made it out of the regionals, probably never really sniffed the, the you know the blood round of the regional tournament. So this is a, a good showing for him. Same with Jacob Gardner. Uh, he had a nice win over Noah Teeter. Um, and... Again, just depth, depth, depth. There's so much depth here at 126. Great tournament for Rocco Welsh. You mentioned he finishes in fourth place, getting that huge win over Finn Solomon. Finn Solomon, I thought he and Welsh were very you – know, they're going to be back and forth, I feel like, all season long. But was it a disappointing tournament for Solomon to, to finish in sixth? I mean, I'm sure he's disappointed, but, I mean, look at the guys. I mean, look at the guys that are here, right? I mean, um, you know, obviously he probably would have liked to finish – Finished in the, the top place, but, I mean, unfortunately, with the depth here, I mean, Ty Simmerman's a match I'm sure he wants back. And, uh, you know, the Rocco Welsh match was a – I mean, that was a back-and-forth match. Yeah. That was – I mean, that came down right to the end. And, um, you know, a little bit of a controversy there too, I would say, because you didn't know if it was two and two. It, it was a hard – it was a hard sequence to kind of uh, to judge. Um, but, I mean, if I'm Finn Solomon, I mean, I, I'd take these losses now. As opposed to, I mean, look at where he did in this, you know, state tournament. 
No doubt about it. 132 pounds. Gabe Willishow of Latrobe had himself one heck of a tournament. Talked about Buzakis not getting out of the uh, finals or getting out of the first period. Neither did Willishow. He gets pins all the way through to get to the finals, and he actually gets the most falls award. He and Buzakis were tied with the most falls, but he got it in the less amount of time. But the guys he pins, you know, after the first two rounds, he pins Drew Munch of Wyoming Seminary, pins Patrick Noonan of Strasburg in the first period. And then, to top it off, he knocks off two-time state champion Alejandro Herrera Rondon in probably the most exciting scoreless bout I've ever seen. I mean, these two guys were back and forth, so many scrambles, and then it comes down to the ultimate tiebreaker. Herrera Rondon wins the flip. Willis has to go down, and he's able to get the reversal and get the win. What a great tournament for him. I mean, just a, a I mean, I, I hate to use the word magical, but it felt like almost a magical run for him. Um, and, and it's not to say that no one thought Gabe was capable of doing this. I think everyone knew Gabe Willishell was, was, at least most people knew that Gabe was, was capable of, of coming in here and making some noise. It's just the way in which he did it. Um, you know, pinning all, I mean, all first period falls against some pretty decent wrestlers. Ben Eckenrode from Thomas Jefferson's not a bad wrestler. Jimmy Baxter, not a bad wrestler. Um, and then he beats Drew Munch. I would say you win the Ironman, you're probably not a bad wrestler in the first period. And then Patrick Noonan, a guy who who on everyone's radar coming into the season was one of the top recruits after what he did at Super 32 and Journeyman. Gabe Willishall pins him, first period. And then you come up and you're like, okay, well, he's going against AHR, a guy who just always, always, always finds a way to win. And then it goes into to tiebreaker. I'm thinking... Well, this is where Ali lives. He loves. I mean, he won a state title, his first state title, without scoring an offensive point. You know, he <laughs> he beat Curtis Phipps without ever having to score a point. He just was able to ride him out. So when you look at when it goes into to tiebreaker, I'm thinking, well, you know, hey, Gabe had a nice run here, but but Ali's gonna be able to ride him out. And uh, you know, that was a crazy. That was a. I, I agree with you, Greg. It was a crazy, an exciting scoreless match. Um, that was a lot. Of, there was a lot of good flurries there. Man, but I, I, you kind of felt it. And, you know, going into the finals, I had a feeling. I know we talked about this before the finals. I just had a feeling Gabe was going to pull it off. I, You know, I don't know if it's the way that Ali wrestled. Um, he had a tough one nothing win against Ian Oswalt from, from Burrow. Where he almost lost that. Yeah, that was a very, very close match there. Um, and, you know, I just kind of felt like that when momentum's a real thing in wrestling, and especially um, when you're rolling through like Gabe was, I just felt like he had the he had the momentum rolling, and it was just a matter of time until he broke Alley, and uh, it just so happened it was literally at the last second possible. And for Herrera Rondon, he has that tough match against Oswald. Then he has a tough match against Willishow. What do you do with your AHR right now? Are you thinking about going down and wait? Do you stay where you are and just try to study with you know Willishow's going to be there, right? Willishow's not going anywhere. You know he's going to be challenging you for the next for the Whippeo Championship and the state. What do you do if you're HR? I mean, I, I think you stay exactly where you're at. I mean, there's there's no reason to, to, to go down. I mean, he we talked to him on the podcast last week. He's comfortable at 132. He's, you know, he's, I mean, yeah, he took a loss, but you, you can't run. I mean, you go down to 26, who you get? Rocco Welsh, Curtis Phipps, um, Finn Solomon. So, I mean, you're not, yeah, he has a win over, yeah, he's beaten Phipps before. Um, but, I mean, you're, you're whether you go down and you cut hard to get to 28, um, or you stay at 32. I, I think he's he's in a he's in a decent position either way. He just got to uh, almost like he and Dylan Chapel need to take each other's advice, right? Open up their offense a little bit and get after it because I think the big thing Herrera Rondon when he was at 113 and he was at those lighter weights, you could get away with those close matches. It's harder to do that when you get the, the heavier you go up. Yeah, it is, and uh, you know I I don't think it's necessarily a weight thing with him. I think it's just a Gabe's a really good wrestler. You know, I think Gabe's a, I, I mean, I think Gabe's, a, he's a two-time state medalist. He's has wins over Ed Scott. Um, he, he has a, he's got a really good resume. Um, and this was just his time. So, and, and that's a, that's a, you know, ultimate tiebreaker match that can go either way. It's an ultimate tiebreaker match that Ali has lived in ultimate tiebreakers before. So, um, you know, I, I really don't see him going down, and I think it's just a matter of getting back to the drawing board. I mean, he's taken losses before. He lost at Ironman. Um, I, I think it's just getting back to the drawing board. He doesn't drop five spots down. He's he's still, you know, second in the state. 
Looking at the other WPR wrestlers, Ian Oswald, we mentioned him as well. He finishes in fifth place. And Cole Hammett of Waynesburg finishing in sixth place. Oswald beat Hammett 8 nothing for fifth place. Good tournament for both those guys. 138 pounds. Sam Hillegas of North Hills unable to defeat Bo Bartlett for the second time they wrestle in uh, his high school career. He drops a 5-3 decision. Hillegas finishing in second place, his third loss of his high school career. Wyatt Henson finishes in third place from Waynesburg. He defeats another big story from the tournament, Chan Shear from Seneca Valley, uh, 13-5 for third. Shear finishes in fourth place. John Altieri of Norwin, he finishes in sixth place. Jared Kessler of Connellsville finishes in seventh place. We could talk about uh, a number of things here this weight class, but let's first talk about the story of the tournament, Chan Shear. We talk about all the falls. He pins uh, Kenny Kaiser in the round of 32, and then he also pins Caden Stout from St. Clairsville, pins Jared Kessler of Connellsville, and then he ends up pinning in the uh, consolation round after being pinned by Bo Bartlett. He ends up getting a fall over John Altieri. Man, was that guy getting a lot of falls. Him and Gabe both. I mean, those were the two stories in terms of, um, you know, who kept on making noises and, and Chan Shear. You know, his pin against Kenny Kaiser was, was a great – I mean, that was a great match, and that was a great win for him. It's easy to just stop there, right? You get a big pin over him, and then it's you know, hey man, that's a that's a marquee win. He didn't shut down at all. He just kept on rolling through. He looked kind of just, you know, kind of like Gabe. Just, I mean, kind of went with the flow. He didn't really seem to get too, I don't know, too emotional about it. And um, you know, after that that win, that Kessler match was a big. That's another big match for him. Kessler's a guy who we, we've seen before at the surge. He was a runner up to Kenny Kaiser. Um, Chan Shear comes out and pins him in under a minute. He's dangerous, you know. Obviously, Bo Bartlett. He pretty much. He said, "I'm not playing that game. Uh, I'm I'm a little bit more dangerous than you. I'm gonna I'm gonna put you down." Um, and and you know, I, that's obviously one of the top guys in the nation for a reason. So I don't think Chan's probably was was too upset about that. But then you come back, and as you mentioned, um, you know, he has another big win over John Altieri. Again, 48 seconds. So you're talking about under a minute. Um, and then Wyatt Henson takes care of business, 13-5 against him, but. Chanson, he's a dangerous wrestler. I mean, you can't you you can't expect to go in and say, "Oh, if I can weather the storm, I'm going to be okay." I mean, no, Chance can pin you from any time, any place. You look at Sam Hillegas; he has a big win over Wyatt Henson. Falls short against Bo Bartlett. Hillegas seems when he faces guys who are ranked ahead of him or ranked in a similar regard, he seems to shut down for whatever reason and can't quite get over that hump of beating the big guys, right? He's lost to Bartlett twice, lost to Klebov once, and it's obviously Hillig is a great wrestler, so it's not to knock him, but you know, if you want to be that truly elite number one guy in the nation, you got to win those tough matches. Uh, but he did get a big win over Wyatt Henson, and he dominated him. Yeah, I mean that was that was a nice win over Henson, and uh, you know Bartlett. I mean that's his. That's, I'm, I'm not saying that's his kryptonite, but. You know Bartlett's a guy who he just he has trouble against. Uh, clearly, we've seen that. Um, it's just a guy he he can't get past. It seems like, and I think you mentioned it the week prior was he needs that statement win. Um, he needs he needs to to have uh, you know a big big win in his career, and you know unfortunately it didn't come here. But you know I think he gets back to the drawing board, and I think he he basically figures out okay what exactly do I need to do to to be that elite guy and I think he's focused on the next match and I think he's focused on the next tournament but ultimately he wants to get back to the top of the podium in Hershey and Wyatt Henson a very good performance outside of the loss to Hilgis he dominated his way to third place including a win over Kenny Kaiser in the consolations 145 pounds for the WPIAL tied Lindsay Bigler of Hemfield finishes in fifth place he defeats Mason Spears of Franklin Regional Spears finishing in sixth. Antonio Emilio, Seneca Valley, he finished in seventh place. He wins by fall over Mikey Sakur of Thomas Jefferson, who finishes in eighth. Saw a performance by all four guys from WPIL. Really impressed by Spears, though. Absolutely, I am. And, uh, you know, he's a guy who, you know, I think it's he doesn't get talked about as much. I, I think he, you know, he's, he's ranked pretty high. He was ranked pretty high. Um, but I don't think he gets as much credit as he probably deserves. He he comes in here, has a great power rate tournament. Um, Jackson Gray beat Colton Stone King, and then Jackson Gray drops to, to Mason Spears 5-3. Those are two guys that have been back and forth. Um, but he follows up a win against Jackson Gray with a win over Antonio Emilio, a guy who we saw go to, to um, overtime with, with Ty Lenzenbegler. Um Spears is able to beat him and then uh, drops to Panero Johnson. Um yeah, and then he's right in there with with Ty Lindsay, and he was right in that match with Panero Johnson too, I think. Um, 
Spears just finds a way to he he grinds people out, man. He's 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 relentless. He's he's very strong. Um, I, I'm really impressed with the way he's wrestled, and it's hard to for me to believe that you know this is a guy who's never made it to the state tournament because he's beating so many tough guys. Um, Ty Linsberger got absolutely steamrolled by Eric Gibson, which was crazy um, because I thought Ty Linsberger was, was wrestling really well. It just shows. I mean, Eric Gibson was was obviously doing pretty well himself. Um, I was impressed with with Linsenberger to come back and and get those wins that he needed um, over Mason Spears, Michael Zakar from from Thomas Jefferson. Very impressed with him. I, I don't. I wasn't. I wasn't completely. Um, yeah, I didn't get to see a whole lot of him this year. Um, I've seen him before, but he got a nice win over Chance Krantz from Norwin, and then had another nice win over Isaiah Wright from Malvern Prep. And then he he makes it to the the medal round. He does fall to Antonio Emilio, but still, for a guy who's on the bubble, if you will, that's a really good performance for him. One hundred and fifty-two pounds of WPIAL only with one medalist, and that was Connor Redinger of Quaker Valley. He finishes in eighth place. But a number of guys getting to that last round where they could have gotten a medal. Tanner Rohaley lost in a Concy round four, and he lost to Redinger four to two. Sammy Starr, he falls one win shy. He dropped the match to Connor Keeveman. And uh, also A.J. Corrado of Burrow dropping a loss to Cameron Robinson. All three of those guys very close to getting on the award stand. In addition, Corrado dropped a loss, a tight one, to Redinger uh, as well. as They went to overtime before Redinger picks up the fall. So all those guys pretty close within one another, but Redinger is the one guy who gets on the stand. Yeah, I mean, 52 was, was just loaded with talent. I mean, you look at Ed Scott, obviously <clears throat> one of the top guys guys in the nation um Braden Roberts is another guy who who's very highly regarded um Cam Robinson going to Iowa State the the big match I saw was Sammy Starr beating Drew Vlasnik um that was a nice win for for Sammy Starr a guy who could barely you know he was he's battling for a roster spot right so I mean that's a really good win for him the, the story here has to be Connor Redinger right um very good performance from him. I was very impressed with the way he wrestled, uh, beating Connor or uh, beating AJ Corrado in, in overtime. That was a big win for him. Um, you know, I think he, I think he needed that. I think he was was looking for a statement win and uh, beating a guy. You know, after his freshman year, right? Everyone talks about what happened last year. Um, you know, what, where is he at in terms of growing? You know, moving up so many weight classes. Uh, he looked good at 52. I have to say, um, impressed with the way he competed. Uh, as you mentioned, not only beating Corrado, but then coming back. Um, and, you know, he did battle uh, against against Tanner Rohaley. That was another good match. That was to grind out a win. Um, he made it a point to come up and say something to us uh, about about rankings. I think Connor needs to to lay off uh, lay off the what people say about him and probably not look at the rankings as much and probably stay off Twitter uh and focus on wrestling more than than the the non-wrestling things that go on um because he has potential to be a really uh, a you know a bright star in, in the WPIL going on to possibly win his fourth WPIL title um you know he's got a lot he's got a lot going for him he just needs to stay focused yeah, that's the bugaboo for a lot of wrestlers, right? Uh, you know, going into looking at the rankings and seeing where their name's at and then talking about it and, and instead of talking about it, just show it on the mat. So that's where he needs to focus his energy for sure. But you look at him, I think the biggest thing with him is can he stay healthy? Right. And yeah. he got injured again at the Powerade tournament uh, right. against Connor Keeveman, and that's why he ended up finishing in eighth place. And if you look at a comparison between him and A.J. Corrado, because those are probably the best two in the WPIL at this weight class, they go to overtime, right? So to me, I feel like you they're probably comparable uh, as far as talent wise. You know, they're they're gonna they wrestle ten times. One guy will probably win six. The other one will probably win four. Yeah. And out of those six, I would probably give it to Redinger. I'd probably give him the slight edge. However, if he's not healthy, right, I give that edge to Corrado. So that's where, you know, Redinger, again, just like you said, don't focus on, you know, what everybody's saying about him. What he needs to worry about is staying, wrestling. And staying healthy. And getting healthy. Right. And if yeah. you're healthy, maybe you win seven of those matches against Corrado as opposed to six because you're healthy. Right. But he's got to be healthy. I mean, I, there's no doubt in my mind if he's if he's healthy, he's finishing high on the podium in Hershey. You know, I mean, he's... He's, he's filled out well at the yeah. 152. He's I filled mean, out well. He, he, last year, I didn't think he was as filled out at the... Was it 138 last year? Yeah, I mean... That's a huge. I mean, one of six, six to, to thirty-eight. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and then you, you know, I mean, you even look at that six to, to fifty-two. I mean, yeah, it's. I mean, that's a hard transition for him, but 
he is filling out. I mean, he he looks like he doesn't look like the little lightweight that we've seen before. Um, you know, he looks like a guy who who's put on mass. He looks like a guy who can can obviously hang with with some some pretty solid guys. So again, I think if he is healthy, he's high on the podium. It's just a matter of staying healthy um, and staying consistent in in his training and the way he he goes into matches because clearly against good guys, I mean. He's he's able to grind out wins. I mean, Tanner O'Haley and, and AJ Crowder are good wins for him, um, and I think he would have battled Connor Keeveman and then seen where he was at against. I would have loved to see him against Caleb Dowling from St. Joseph uh, Catholic because that's a guy who's number one in state. You want to see where you're at. Like that's a guy you want to be able to push it against. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. He stays healthy and then he he stays focused. I, I think sky's the limit for him. 160 pounds. Jack Bloomer of Kiski finishes in second place. Luca Augustine of Waynesburg finishes in fifth place. And Brendan Finnerty of Thomas Jefferson finishing in seventh. Impressed with Finnerty. Um, you know, Bloomer, a guy who, this is kind of ironic, he's wrestling a guy from West Virginia. He's going to West Virginia. The guy he's wrestling is not going to West Virginia. Um, Jack Bloomer had a tough match against John Martin Best, who's, who's one of the top guys uh, in the nation. You look at Luca Augustine. Um, you know, after his uh, performances at Ironman and Beast, um, you you kind of thought, okay, when's he going to slow down? And you know, he did he did have a couple matches where I thought he he was was better than she, but he he gets pinned by him. Um, and Finnerty though, Finnerty was very impressive the way he was able to compete. Um, he beat Kurt Thompson, who I was impressed with. So yeah, that's a, a good showing for for three WPI guys here. 170 pounds. Max Stout of Mount Lebanon, a very strong performance. He finishes in fourth place, and he is the only WPIL wrestler to medal in this one. And Max Stout, man, talk about just impressive. I'm always impressed with when I see Max Stout wrestle, um, and he just seems like he gets better and better every time he wrestles. Um, he had a tough match against Tyler Stoltzfus, one nothing. Um, you know, I think he he comes back to the drawing board and he. He could possibly get a different result against him. Stoltzfus is one of those guys where he can win. He's kind of like Howley. You know, he can win a match 4-3-2-1-1-nothing and, and be completely comfortable with that. Um, he seems to he just seems to be finding ways to win. But maxed out, man, I was very impressed with the way he competed in a very, very deep weight class. As I've mentioned, 70 was probably the deepest weight class. Um and Lenny Pinto, um, one of the, the highest regarded wrestlers in the nation. I mean, he's he signed in Nebraska. One of the top guys, Fargo champion. Um, you know, he he goes to overtime with Max Stout. A few more adjustments, and I think Max Stout can come on on top of that. I mean, five one in, in sudden victory. Um, I would have loved to see Trey Kybe and Max Stout go at it, but Trey Kybe uh, was a little bit banged up. Um, another guy who I was I was impressed with was Patrick Kuchmember from from Quaker Valley. Yeah, Talk, I mean he he had a nice win over over Nick Delp. Um, you know, Nick Delp didn't have the tournament that he wanted. Um, Tyler Kotak from from Hampton had another good tournament as well. You know, he drops, he beats Cooch member nine uh, two, um, and then loses the maxed out. So I mean, that that there's a couple good performances, and Delp's a returning medalist here. So I mean, and he doesn't get on the podium. Yeah, Delp doesn't have a great tournament either. There's Trent Schulteis of Freedom. He doesn't either. Uh, he gets tech fold by uh, Jaden Bullock of Oscar Smith, and he also gets uh, pinned by Kale Krebs. Kale Krebs had himself a tournament. In addition to beating uh, Schulteis, he also got a, a win over Nick Delp as well. So uh, Kale Krebs, a guy who's from Montoursville, we'll, we'll see in the state tournament, but he had himself uh, some wins against, big wins against WPIL guys. Also, he pinned Matt Furman as well. Right, yeah. McMillan. So um, he knocked off some big WPIL wrestlers. But, yeah, I would say overall for WPIL, and, again, such a deep weight class, very happy with Max Stout, but other guys, I think, wished it would have went out a little bit better for him. Yeah, I mean Schulteis. I mean, you're a state runner-up, and you, you know, you're not. He's not even in the blood round of the Powerade tournament. Um, Caleb Krebs is a really solid wrestler, so I'm not surprised to see that. But um, you know, Trent Schulteis is a guy who I think a lot of people were curious to see how he did at this weight class. 182 pounds, Garrett Ninehouse of Cannon McMillan. He ends up winning the title in a tremendous fashion as he wins by major decision. Don McMillan of Peters Township had a great tournament. He finishes in third place, and he does it with a fall over Ryan Winesen of Norwin for third place. Winesen finishing in fourth. McMillan's a story here. I mean, he uh, Ninehouse, obviously, 
he finally gets his power title. It's, it's it kind of completes his his era here. That's you know, right. um, it's crazy to think you know coming into this that he hadn't had a power title yet. But you know, look at the weight classes he's been in. So a lot of guys that went on to do some really good things. I mean, um, in college especially. So you look at at what else transpired, and I think this was a match Donovan McMillan versus Ryan Wines, and that we're going to see again. And I think it was a a good barometer to see. McMillan, because McMillan's a guy who, as I mentioned in previous podcasts, he hasn't made it to the state tournament yet. He's a, a big time football player. I think he's he's pre- he's a pretty good. Fo- I don't follow football, but he apparently is pretty good. Yeah, but um, he was all state. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he's you know you look at it and you say, okay, well, how's that transition to wrestling? Well, clearly, I mean, he pins Bryce McCloskey from Reynolds, and then he um, pins Ryan Wines, and that, that's a pretty good performance for him. In a, in a in a tournament that is highly regarded. So um, I was impressed with him, and I'm very curious to see, can he sustain this throughout? Can he stay healthy? Um, because if he does, man, I mean, remember, he has a win over Trent Schulteis. I think McMillan's a real deal. I just, I'd like to see him do this in, in February March. Yeah, no doubt about it. 195 pounds, Luke Stout of Mount Lebanon. He gets the big win in the finals. The highlight match, he defeats Nicholas Feldman of Malvern Prep 3-2. to Austin Wally of Elwood City had a heck of a tournament as well. He finishes in third place. Braden Roskowski of Kiski, he finishes in fifth place. Justin Kramer of Hempfield in seventh. Justin Hart of Hampton in eighth. They did not wrestle those. Hart had injury default. I mean, was this not one of the best matches of the Powerade uh, this year? Was, was Stout versus Feldman? Yeah, it was incredible. Two There's several big ones, but that yeah, was a great. Yeah, one. I mean that was to end the night like that, man. That was that was pretty cool because those are two just gladiators going out there and battling. Just they had some great scrambles. Um, that was a I've never seen. I don't know if you've ever seen this before, Greg. He, a stalemate. Did you remember that stalemate? Luke Stout had yes. Feldman up in the air. Yep. You know he had never, one. I've never. never seen a stalemate called from that position. That, I was shocked. Like how do you? The the guy has. A, I mean, I, I just don't. That's like that's like someone holding a tilt. Like you get your you get your points, ten seconds, fifteen seconds off the match, and you're just holding there, and yeah. they call a stalemate. Right? <laughs> you're like, what? I don't. I don't. I mean, that was kind of bizarre. But Luke Stout had a great a great show in there. I was impressed with Wally. Um, you know, he he had a tough tough loss to Feldman, but he was able to bounce back. Roskowski, man, he he's wrestled well too. He's wrestled well. Um, beat a tough Justin Kramer five two. Um, you know, it, it's interesting you look at this weight class because there's a, a couple good guys here that I thought, um, you know, probably ended up maybe not performing as well as they wanted to. Tyler Rohaley, uh, I thought wrestled well, but then got pinned by Justin Hart in less than a minute here. Um, you know, you look at, uh, Cole Whitman from Trinity, he beats Justin Kramer, then loses to Braden Herbster. Um, so he doesn't get on the podium. I'm sure he wishes he would have that one back, um, Really, depth, a lot of depth here for the WPIL, especially. I think 95s was loaded in the WPIL. Yeah, no doubt about it. A lot of uh, solid wrestlers. It'll be interesting to see how they shake out here come uh, February, March. Yeah, because, I mean, you look at 95, it's like, where are you going to go? Are you going to, I mean, you can't really move around. It's not like, you know, the drop to 182 is an easy drop. You go up to 220. That's a huge That's a huge jump. You know, that's a, that's a pretty big jump. So um, you're kind of stuck there if you if you look at it. For 220 pounds for the WPIAL, Dylan Ferretti of Hempfield finishes in 6th place. Evan Miller of Cannon McMillan in 7th. Damon Thompson of North Hills in 8th. Miller defeated Thompson 6-4 in a 7th place bout. You know, I was impressed with Thompson. Um, you know, he, he had a chippy match with Braxton Amos. Uh, he ended up getting tech fault, but it was a, a chippy match there. Um, definitely frustrated him a little bit. Um, and then, as you mentioned, Miller comes back to, to beat him. Um Definitely a kind of like 95 here. We have some really solid guys that I think, given the right circumstances, they can do very well in Hershey. Ferretti lost 4-3 to Cameron Wood, who's who's not not bad at all. Um, Damon Thompson has a win over Ty Banker and then loses to, to uh, Dwayne Nisley. I think Dylan Ferretti, you know, once he gets his lungs back, I think um, he, he's going to be one of the top threats at 220. But then also Damon Thompson, I think, kind of proved that he's going to be able to hang with some of these guys too. Um, because him and Evan Miller, I was a tight match too. Yeah, and Miller pushes Ferretti as well. Ferretti right. has to go to overtime. It was 3-1 in overtime, yeah. So, I, I mean, again, you look at the tightness of where these – and I look at it like 95. You throw Kramer you throw Kramer and uh, Whitman from, from Trinity um, and Justin Hart in a bag, 
all three of them are going to be able to get wins. Yep. Um, I think the same way with 220 with Miller, uh, Thompson. I, I think these guys can kind of interchange each other a little bit in terms of who, who's one of the top guys. 285 pounds. Isaiah Vance of Hempfield drops a 4-2 decision to Cole Deary of Malvern Prep in the finals. Vance finishing in second. Jim Moramos of Cannon McMillan in third. Stone Joseph of Kiski in fourth. Dawson Dietz of Hampton in fifth. Ramos defeats Joseph, but by injury default. And I'll tell you, when uh, Joseph hit the mat, he had a it was a loud yell. Yeah. He, uh, what's going on with him? I, I don't know, but it seemed like he was in a lot of pain. Um, you know, I... <laughs> That's a huge blow to them if he's if he's out for for a significant period of time. But um, you know he did walk off on his own power, so that's good. But um, Giomar Ramos had a good had a good showing here um, in his home gym. Isaiah Vance pins his way to the finals. Very impressed with him, um, but just can't get over that hump over or over Cole Deary, a guy who he beat last year in March at the state tournament. So. Um, I know he's probably not happy with that, but Giomar Ramos, I thought, had a, a good showing. Same with Dawson Dietz from, from Hampton. Um, loses 6-2 to Stone Joseph, but clearly shows that he's in the mix. Other tournaments around the uh, area over the weekend for the WPIL. They had a lot of wrestlers at the South Moreland Tournament, and you look at some of the weight classes and how they finish. Obviously, not only South uh, WPIL, but also a lot of guys from District 5 and District 6 right. uh, there as well. Burgestown Shane Ilgenfranz uh, Berg- uh, finishes in third. Micah Hughes of Valley in fourth for the WPIAL. 113 pounds. Levi Donnell of Butler. He finishes in first. Tyler Diggins of Moon. He finishes in third place. And Levi Donnell, I mean, you're talking about a, a very stout freshman who who I kind of thought was going to be at 106 this year. Um, but it seems like 13 is a, a good way for him. Um, beating Connor Saylor from Hickory, who's is also very tough. Um, I'm impressed with Donnell. He only has one loss on the season. So, again, not a guy we get to see a whole ton of uh, matches with, especially against some some other quality WPIO guys. But I think Donald is definitely showing he can hang. 120 pounds, Kyle McCullum, uh, best center. He finishes in second. Kyvon Grace of Moon is your champion. Joey Senepal, Burgestown, he finishes in third. Nick, I can't even say his last name, Schwakowicz of Butler, he finishes in fifth. Uh, Bryson Bench of Bethel Park, he finishes in sixth. Uh, you can normally say every single name we can uh, throw at you. I, Shockowicz, I don't know. <clears throat> I, have to, I have to say it a few to look at. And we we need times. one of those you know, translators things. You know you know how like on rosters you can click on the ear and it'll like tell you how to pronounce it? I think we need that for him because yeah. that's, that's a – that's a dandy. I mean, imagine what I would say because I can't pronounce anyone's name. Uh, Kyvon Grace, good tournament for him. Um, McCollum is a, is a tough, tough wrestler. Joey Senepal, a lot of guys are asking me about him. Hey, who's this Joey Senepal? He's tough. I mean, tough freshman. Out of yeah, time. I mean, so. Um, but Kyvon Grace, again, Moon. Do we see Moon against a lot of the top guys? No. So it's hard to say, like, where where he's going to be at, but. Clearly, you're beating guys like McCollum and, and Senepal and, and uh, Cody Miller from Hickory. You're, you're doing something right. 126, Clayton Dressler of Butler finishes in second. Also, Hunter Giddy of Burgestown in eighth. Oh, excuse me, Timmy Caffrelli of Southside. He finishes in sixth place. 132 pounds, Cody Kaufman of Greensburg-Salem. He finishes in third. Nate Yeagle uh, finishes in sixth. Tyler Barish of Best Center won by default over Yeagle for fifth. And Andrew Johnson of Southmoreland in eighth. 138 pounds. Parker Loira of Bethel Park. He finishes in third. Todd Fisher, best center, in fifth. Greensburg Salem's Colt Rubrick in seventh. And Ben Cedar of Upper St. Clair in eighth. 145. Rocco Ferraro of McGuffey. He wins the title over Nate McMaster of Butler, three to two. Also in the WPIL, Nick Yeski of Southmoreland over Trevor Pettit of Best Center for fifth, five to one. 152, Ian Ewing of Greensburg-Salem. He wins the title over Shane Kemper of Burgettstown, 6 to nothing. Steve Green of Butler wins by fall over Vinny Rapol of Bethel Park for fifth. And that's it for the WPL at 152. Yeah, and Ian Ewing from, from Greensburg-Salem, a guy who's I, I love to, to see him compete against these top double-A guys because he beat out uh, Alex Supanik from North Star, who, who at one time was ranked as high as like three in the state. Um you know he's a returning state qualifier. Ewan beat him in the semifinals two nothing, but then follows that up with a tough win against Shane Kemper six nothing. Top seed here. Um, I think Ewing. You know you look at that weight class one fifty two in, in AAA. It's just so loaded. I mean you, you look at guys like Jack Pletcher, Trevor Verclaren, Grant McKay, 
uh, Drew Vlasnik, Sammy Starr. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. You know, it's like a lot of guys. If you throw them in a tournament every week, you're going to get a different result. You very well could. And um, you know, it's like you knew. You know, you look at some of the guys that that he's beaten, um, and he may, may never make it to the state tournament uh, in his career. He's going to have over 100 wins. Um, you know, he could do well at a, a variety of different colleges, D2, D1, D3, doesn't matter. Um, but, you know, it's just so logjammed, that 52. But Ian Ewing obviously coming in here and beating Supanic and then beating Kemper shows that, you know, he's he's ready to mix it up with some of these top guys. 160 pounds, Ethan Barr of McGuffey. He is your champion. Nate McDonald of Butler finishes in sixth. Alex Lang, a best center in seventh. Josh Thomas of Southmoreland in eighth. 170 pounds, Seth Bertolt of McGuffey finishes in second place. DJ Slovic of Burgestown, he finishes in sixth place. Malik Smith of Moon in eighth. 182, Cooper Baxter of Butler, he wins the title. Austin Custlock of Chartiers Houston in third over Turner Lehman of Burgestown, eight to seven. Anthony Govern of Southmoreland in eighth, and also Christian McChesney of Greensburg-Salem in eighth place. I think Govern in sixth. Sorry, I think I mentioned that wrong. Luke Montgomery of 195, he is your champion. Caleb Chismer of Greensburg-Salem in fourth. Caleb Hartong of Butler in fifth. Garrett Boone of McGuffey in sixth. Dalton Dobbins of Moon in seventh. 220, John Myers of Greensburg-Salem, your champion. Also in Greensburg, Salem, Trent Patrick. So you get two guys into the tournament. Trent Patrick finishes in fourth place at that same tournament as Myers. Jake Pamaka of Butler in fifth. Ty Timmons of Bethel Park in sixth. Andrew Sampson of Moon in seventh. And Tasso Macropotis of McGuffey in eighth. You know, you look at John Myers here. I think he's probably one of the most improved wrestlers um, of the the season because we, we saw him just do – a lot of good things in the off season. He he comes in, he places at Super Thirty Two. He gets you know he just dominates the the South Morning tournament, um, beating Falls all in the the first period. And then he has a, a teammate Trent Patrick who was a state qualifier last year, but they're both at the same weight. So um, you know I, I think Trent Patrick will eventually try to get down to ninety five. It's probably gonna his descent plan probably won't allow him to get to there until probably the end of January. So that kind of you know kind of stinks for him um especially if he's wrestling 220 and he's he's cutting down uh to 95 but clearly you know john myers is is a step ahead of uh, the rest of the field here i'm I'm really excited to see him um in the wl and, and in the state i think he's gonna I think he's gonna finish high on the podium this year 285 pounds billy mcchesney of greensburg salem your champ he beats riley kemper of burgestown in overtime three to one for the title sean loring of albert gallatin in sixth Seneca Harney of Moon in seventh, Timmy Pollock of Upper St. Clair in eighth. And McKesney, I mean, again, another Greensburg Salem guy where you say, look how loaded the the you know WPIL is as heavyweight. You know, he comes in, he beats Marvin Beatty from Marion Center, he beats him four two, very good win for him. But then he beats Riley Kemper, another very good win, um, over two double A guys. So kind of like his teammate Ian Ewing, he has some very good wins over some double A guys. Where does he fall in the WPIL and and triple A, right? It's like you have Stone Joseph, you have GMR Ramos, you have Isaiah Vance. Um, you have you have Quinn Franklin from from South Fayette. Where does where does he fit in? Because I think he's he's obviously right there. I mean, he's beating state qualifiers from Double A. I think he's right there. It's just a matter of where does he fall. So um, I like the competition. I like seeing these guys battle. Um, and it's it, there's no, I mean, other than Isaiah Vance at heavyweight, there's whole not a lot of you no know, definites there. I think he he can definitely squeak in. We uh, talk a lot about AAA and the amount of depth that they have at certain weight classes. Greensburg-Salem finishes in third in this tournament, Butler in second. But a quick mention on AA, Burgestown in fourth place, McGuffey in fifth place. Are those two teams that can challenge Burl? We talked about Burgestown over the last couple of shows. They seem like the team that could be it. And now McGuffey, I think, had a solid tournament. Yeah, I mean, I, I think McGuffey had a good tournament, but I think Burgestown is, is the team to watch right here. Um just because of the the depth that they do have, um, and and they don't have a ton of holes. And you know, when you look at a, a lineup and a good, good, good lineup, it's all about the, the matchups. And they don't have a ton of holes, so I think they're probably going to end up doing well at uh, better than the McGuffey as a dual team. But I, I would not be surprised to see Burrow get pushed by either one of them. Double is a lot of fun in that sense because, especially this year, and same with Triple A. I mean, it, it's it's very wide open. There's a number of teams that I think could potentially come out on top in, in either class. 
the Steve D'Agostino tournament also over the weekend at West Mifflin. A number of payoff schools. We won't go through each and every weight class, but you know, you look at some of the uh, highlights. Uh, is there anything that really stuck out to you as far as this tournament? One to me, Cole Spencer coming back into this. He had a great tournament, Chartier's Use, and he ends up uh, getting a fall in the finals and winning first place. Nate Lucas, his teammate, also uh, pins his way into uh, a championship as well. So just a couple of notables, anything that you noticed as well. Yeah, Vince uh, Citrano from Plum had a nice win over a state qualifier and Noah Clawson from Carlisle. Um, it was interesting to me to see Carlisle here because uh, Carlisle is a District 3 team, a team that I, I used to wrestle with a lot back in the day. And um, you know, they come all the way out to the West Miffin tournament and, uh, their guys, they did okay. Um, they had a couple, couple head scratchers. Um, but the Vinny, Vinny Centrano had a nice win over Noah Clawson in the finals. Another guy who I think is just on the cusp, uh, of, of doing very well. Um, you also look at 106 or I'm sorry, 170 pounds. I was impressed with Frank Guzzi from West Mifflin. He had a pin over turning fifth place medalist, Colton Zimmerman from Carlisle. So I, I mentioned kind of a head scratcher. You know, Colton Zimmerman's a guy who I think is is was ranked as high as three in the state. Um, obviously, you're a fifth place medalist in the state last year. He gets a fall and a tech fall, and then loses by fall to Frank Guzzi from West Mifflin. Then Guzzi goes in and loses to to Jacob Sobel from Richland. So I, I think that's obviously a, a big win for him. Um, but yeah, Cole Spencer, Nate Lucas, they're the real deal. I think Cole Spencer. Um, is, is I can't believe he's at 52 because I just look at him and I think he's like a 70 pounder, but um, you know, clearly he's doing really well. For the WPIL, they were also at the Trojan Wars. That was Bell Vernon, is uh, the team that was uh, there at the Trojan Wars wrestling. And the WPIL had two medalists in this uh, tournament at 170 pounds. Logan Hoffman finishes in fifth place, and also at 195 pounds, Cole Waitman finishes in second place. Yeah, and the big, big, big story here was Cole Whiteman from from Belverde, and this is a guy who I can't tell you how many texts I got. Uh, who is this guy? Who is he? Um, and you know, the reason why a lot of, not a lot of people know him is because he's a sophomore and he missed majority of the season last year with an injury. I think he was nine and three last year, um, but he was he was highly regarded coming in as a freshman. He was on our top incoming freshman report, um, and he's a like I mentioned a football player. But he comes in here and he beats Jake Lucas from Cumber Valley who is a two-time state qualifier, surge place winner, one of the top guys um, at 195 pounds, has a couple wins over Max Hale, who's a state medalist going to Penn. So you look at comparables there. I mean, clearly, you know, Whiteman, a guy who has virtually nothing on his resume in high school, um, to beat Jacob Lucas, you're thinking, man, that's a, that's a really good win for him. But then he goes in and beats Max Hale, who's, as I mentioned, uh, a two-time state medalist from, from Downingtown. Um, he beats him 5-1. That's another huge win. So it's not a fluke. This guy can wrestle. Um, and then he wrestles Gage Garcia in the finals. We obviously know about Gage Garcia. He's going to Michigan to play football and wrestle. Um, one of the top guys in the nation. And he loses him 3-1. He hangs with him. So we talked about 95 being deep. This just throws a whole wrench into it because you're looking at Cole Whiteman and saying, man, he, you just knocked off two of the top guys in the state and hung with one of the best guys in the nation. What, where, where's this throw him in at? You know, like yeah. – I, I don't know. Um, 95 is becoming uh, a huge problem in the WPL because there's a lot of a lot of guys here that are not going to be, you know, they're going to be sitting at home in March. Um, it's just a matter of who. Joining us now on the show is the Powerade champion and outstanding wrestler of the tournament, Gabe Willishell from Latrobe. Gabe, thanks for joining us. Uh, no problem. Thanks for having me. Gabe, well, happy New Year to you, and let's talk about your your 2019. Uh, quite a, a credible end to it. You know, what's what's it been like? It's been a couple of days now since the, the Powerade title and the OW award. And, you know, what's it been like? Has that feeling set in that, man, I, I just pulled off a, a pretty pretty lavish task there? Yeah, it feels pretty good, but, uh, you know, I'm pretty excited. But I still have counties coming up, so I'm just uh, still have to worry about that. And, and Gabe, talk about, Let's talk about your mindset coming into coming into Powerade. You're you've been there before, obviously as a senior. Um, you've you've placed there before. What was your mindset coming into Powerade, and do you feel like that contributed to to your performance? Uh, coming into Powerade, I wanted to win because I haven't made it. I didn't make it to the finals yet, any of the three years, or even for the third and fourth. I got sixth, sixth, and then fifth. So I really wanted to be in the finals, and 
win. And uh, coming in the sixth seed, it was kind of hard. I had a tough uh, red to get to the finals, but I did it. And uh, now, how when you when you when you go into your matches, I mean, you you kind of, I mean you've always kind of had this style, right? Of of just kind of, uh, you know, I call it unorthodox. But when you when you came into your matches, I mean, are you expecting the pin guys, or are you just kind of saying, hey, I'm just going to roll with it, and and you know whatever opportunities you know come during the match, I'm going to take them. Uh, going in the match, I, like, I'd like to think, like, I'd like to pin everyone, but, uh, I usually just, if I can pin them, I'll pin them, but I'd usually just take what is given, and, uh, yeah. And it just so happens that, that, ha- you know, that, that happens to be sometimes them ended up on their back, um, and you just kind of mm-hmm. locking up your, you know, your cradle or, or whatever it is that you, you go to, um, you've kind of made a, I mean, I f- feel like you've made a living doing that in your career at, at Latrobe. Um, mm-hmm. You know, is that something that, that, you know, you've been trying to focus more on in terms of, you know, grinding out wins? Because obviously we saw in the finals, you, you didn't get a pin, but you came out on top. Mm-hmm. Um, you obviously can do it. You're not just a one-trick pony. You, you're more than just a pinner. Um, let's talk about the finals against Ali. Um, first of all, have you guys wrestled before before the Powerade? Uh, we have not. He's always been a little bit smaller than me. So, and, and you obviously know his style, right? You mm-hmm. know what he what he's about. Um, how did you try to, I guess, prepare for for Ali? And um, you know what was what was the mindset going into the finals? What did Coach Chiotti say to you? Like, hey, this is what you need to do going into the finals. Uh, he didn't really tell me anything. I I, I pretty much uh, we pretty much knew what uh, we had to do, and that was get out on bottom, and we uh i didn't do that for the first first you know two times he was on top of me but after uh being down i knew i had to get out so and and you had mentioned how you didn't get out the the first two times he was riding you but you were you were close you, mm-hmm. you felt like it, you felt like it was it was right there and you know he's so he's like an opt- octopus on top right he he just yeah. he gets you in at all you know did you did you feel it coming? Like, did you feel like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm this close. I'm, I'm right there. You know, did you, could you kind of feel the momentum shifting your way a little bit? Mm, I don't know. Cause during the match, he was pretty tough on top and he had, he had a leg in a few times. Like I almost got turned. Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So I was kind of, kind of nervous to do anything really. And then at the end, I just kind of rolled through and got my hips on top of him, And that's how I, now in that in that ultimate tiebreaker, when, when you know, I feel like the the disc was rolling for a while uh, before it, it finally landed, and mm-hmm. you know when you saw it and it was you know his choice and he took top, were you thinking, man, this is, you know, I couldn't get out for two minutes, whatever it was, and now you got thirty seconds. Um, mm-hmm. You know what what goes through your mind in that sense, like, hey, I just I got to go for it here, and like you said, you kind of ended up rolling through. Um, talk us through that position a little bit. Well, he. Uh whenever the ref flipped the coin, it like rolled for it, like rolled for a while. And then I saw it tilt towards his side and I was like, Oh man. So he, uh, he won the flip and he chose top. And then I, I, I don't know. I was kind of scared. I was like, dang it. I couldn't get out for two and a half minutes. And now I only have 30 seconds to get out. So I, I had to try something, do something, just keep moving around. And, that, and that's essentially what ended up happening. You you had enough movement where you were able to kind of, like you said, roll through and and get on top. It was, and even then, it was he was still leeching on to you. Um, it, it was it was pretty tight. Mm-hmm. Um, what what was your thoughts immediately after you know after you came out on top? Did it kind of set in right away? Like man, I just knocked off a two time state champ. Yeah, I was I was pretty happy once I got on top and uh, he rolled to his stomach and I got up and I was like. I felt really good. I was like, man, I won. That's awesome. Now, Gabe, you've had a, a pretty good career thus far, right? You, you've you placed twice at the, the state mm-hmm. tournament. Um, but what's it going to take to get you to the top of the podium? Because, I mean, you know, I think a lot of people were surprised by your performance, but a lot of people weren't because they know they know you and they know your style. Um, what's it going to take for you? Because obviously, like you said, you're moving on to counties. Um, you got the postseason still, like, yeah, it's a nice win, but it's not a state title. What's what's it gonna what's it gonna take for you to get to the top of the podium? And uh, you know what what's what's what would that feel like for you? Oh, just uh, keep grinding, staying healthy, 
is uh, big. I just mean, if I get hurt, that wouldn't be good. And uh, keep doing what I'm just keep doing what I'm doing right now. I mean, do you feel like a little bit like I feel like you know? Do you have no pressure on you? You you have your college decision made. It's your senior year. Um, do you kind of? I mean, you're you're a free flowing guy to begin with, right? You kind of just roll with it. Um, but it seems like even now that as a senior, you're just kind of like, hey, man, whatever happens, happens. Is that kind of the the mentality you have? Uh, yeah. I mean, I can only do so much. I'm gonna try to win, but if not, there's I still have a few more years of wrestling, so. I mean, I'd like to win, but it's uh and you you had talked about you have a few more years to to left in the tank uh to wrestle um talk about that decision you're going to edinburgh um talk about what that decision was like and what kind of set Edinburgh apart from from other schools uh I liked Edinburgh because it was uh it was close like close enough it wasn't too far. I liked the team and the coaches and uh it was really nice there. Now was that was that a hard decision for you to make? I'm sure you had other schools interested. Was it you know was it a tough decision for you, or did you feel pretty pretty confident that like hey Edinburgh is where I where I want to go? Uh, it was a tough choice, but uh, I mean, I had a few. I had to choose between a few schools, but I liked Edinburgh the most. So that was. How, how did you how did you celebrate your your Powerade performance? Did you did you have a nice big meal? Did you have anything? Did you do anything fun and crazy? Uh, no, I actually just uh, came home and went to bed. And then I'm sure you you had a workout very soon after that. I'm sure. I'm sure there was no rest for you, right? No, I had a, I had a day's rest. Sunday I had I had off, and then Monday we were back at school practice. Talk about the team this year. Um, you guys got have a lot of young guys: Nathan Roth, um, Vincent Kilkerry, and um, even Jack Pletcher. Talk about and you're you're kind of like the, you know, you're you're the leader. You're the senior. Um, you know, what's, what's a team like, what's the, you know, how far can you guys go as a team and, and what do you like about the team? Uh, I like how they, uh, they all work hard. They're all tough kids. Um, every day they come in the room and they want to get better and it's, it's easy to be on a team with them because of, uh, their personality and how they work and stuff. So it's pretty easy to get along with them. And, uh, I don't know. Our goal. I mean, we've done better every every year that we've uh, that I've been on the teams. Our rec, our team record has improved, and we just keep getting better. Last year we made it to. I think we lost in the first round of team sections, but this year I. Uh, I think we want to. Uh, you know, go a little bit further. Take like go to. Uh, win win a few more matches in team sections. Yeah. In, in terms of some of your teammates like Nathan Roth and, and um, Kilkerry, how, how do you think they can do? Because you you were a freshman and uh, you know what it's like to to compete at that level. Um, you know what what's the advice that you give to them when uh, you know when when their postseason runs are coming up? Well, whenever I was a freshman, I, I got nervous a lot before the big matches. So like my biggest advice would be just wrestle it like every other match going into the postseason and don't treat any other match like. Yeah, you know, treat treat them all the same. I I would say you pretty much got over that. You don't seem nervous at all before your before your matches. Now it seems like you could, you know, you could pretty much just roll into the matches, right? Yeah. Do, do you feel like that's an advantage for you? Because, like you said, a lot of it is is that mental game. Do you feel like that's a that's obviously a benefit for you to to kind of be mm-hmm. at ease going into that those matches, those big matches? Uh yeah, I definitely think it helps a lot not stress yourself out over uh over matches that kind of the the wrapping up the uh the questions here gabe what what do you what would you do differently uh if you have to wrestle Allie again um do you feel like you could get to your offense do you feel like you could get a takedown so you don't have to go into that that tiebreaker situation do you feel like there's areas for you to improve upon uh yeah i feel like there was a few things that i could have done better in that match like i was in on a few shots and i couldn't finish and then uh Oh, the uh, we had a few stalemates that probably were, you know, I I don't know different positions and uh, could have turned them on top maybe, but uh, got stopped because I had the arm behind the back. And you said you have counties coming up next. That's a that's a big one. Have you won counties before? I have not. I've gotten second three years in a row. Second three years in a row. 
Um, yeah. Okay. Well, well, now's now's your chance, right? Now's your chance to come out on top. Talk about that going into your final counties tournament because I know that's that's obviously a big one for you. Um, you know what's what's it going to be like going into your you know your final county tournament, and your final postseason? Uh, I'm excited. I uh, I really I really have wanted to win counties for a while because it's something that I've made it to the finals every year and lost. So it just motivates me more to uh, want to win. Well, Gabe, we look forward to, to seeing you the rest of the way here, and uh, we wish you back, uh, best of luck as you go on your, your senior uh, senior year. You close it out, and uh, we hope to see you do well in Hershey as well. Thank you. All right. Well, Gabe, thanks for joining us, and we hope you enjoy uh, 2020, okay? Thanks. You too. All right. Thanks, Gabe. Thanks again to Gabe Willishoff for joining us on the show. Should be a lot of fun to see here as we uh, head into the coming months as we crossover in 2020 we look at the uh, first tournament action coming up this weekend in 2020 and it's a lot of county action the westmoreland county tournament always fun to watch it could be as good as uh as a really a, any tournament out there and that's going to be at kiski this coming weekend also the tri-county tournament which feature you know washington green and fayette they will be at the South at South Fayette for that tournament and the MAC tournament, which is essentially like the Beaver County tournament. Uh, that'll be at Ambridge this weekend. So three big county tournaments all coming up this weekend. Yeah, I mean the county tournaments, and you know we, we'll see Allegheny in a couple weeks, but um, always a good time to see um, where you you stand against some guys that you're going to be having to compete with in your section and district. Uh, tournament so always a good time and this is when we kind of see guys come down and weight class a little bit so um, clearly it's it's going to be a fun 2020. It should be a lot of fun to see how it all breaks down and we'll make sure to break down the entire uh, tournaments for you here next week as we talk about that and we start to heat up and do a section wrestling action. And hopefully by next week Greg I'll have my voice completely back. That's the hope right? Because this is rough man. I'm like, <laughs> dragon. Well, you know, I got to give a shout-out to uh, a Powerade, the Seneca Valley managers. We call, we call them Matt Maids. I don't know if that's politically correct anymore, if you can call them that. The Matt managers from Seneca Valley. Um, just some of the hardest-working Matt managers there are out there. Uh, they were able to come away and give me some hot tea uh, on one of the breaks because they, they heard my voice was not doing so well, and uh, they came back with some hot tea for me. It helped a lot, so shout-out to Seneca Valley. Wow, you got a lot of people looking out for you. I do. I mean, you you helped me out at Powerade. You got me a water. Um, I helped you up just today. You just gave me, like, five cough drops because I just went through four bags, so I'm kind of low. I'm pretty <laughs> low on, on cough drops and tissues. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for the, the, you know, the people helping me out, I don't know where I'd be. I'd probably be know. in a gutter face down somewhere. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was a lot of fun. Powerade's just one of the greatest. I, I love Powerade. You know, I wish I wish we could have Powerade every weekend because that was so much fun. Uh, you would never be able to talk, though. No, never. Again, my wife would probably be pretty happy. Oh, she'd that. be thrilled. You know, but, uh, yeah, hopefully next week when we get to recap all the action, um, you know, we, we'll be able to to be able to talk a little bit more about. Did we mention the, the midwinter mayhem? At, no. at IUP, that's that's coming up uh, this weekend too. That's a huge tournament. Um, is is that, that this weekend or the next weekend? I'm sorry, that's two weeks from now. I jumped the gun. Just a little bit. I'm th- I'm thinking about it though because it's it's going to be a big one. Is that a new, brand new tournament? Yeah, brand new tournament, but a lot of good teams there from all across the state. So, um, and we're going to be streaming the finals live. So, uh, we're excited about that. But yes, you're right. I, I did jump the gun a little bit. County tournaments are, are first, and we'll see in. Uh a full breakdown on that, and we'll preview the uh, Midwinter Mayhem here coming up next week. I want to thank our guest, Gabe Willishow, for joining us on the show. For my uh, broadcast partner, Jeff Hobson, I'm Greg Warnock. Thanks for listening in to War Up on WPIL.